Father, you have said in your word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Thank you for coming to us today. Thank you that when we have Jesus as our Savior, no matter what we go through in life, we can say, it is well with my soul. Jesus, we say to you, truly, you are the Son of God. And now we ask that you would speak to us through your word. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would grow us in our faith and move us forward in our life and living for you all the way to our eternal home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Sometimes life can seem like one of these. I am holding in my hand a bottle of McKillany's Tabasco sauce. It's fire in a bottle. And sometimes life can seem a lot like a bottle of Tabasco sauce. If you doubt me on this, I'm going to ask you right now to open up your Bibles to the next section of Scripture that we consider in our message series on Live Life God's Way. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. We're in 1 Peter chapter 4, and today we're going to look at verses 12 through 19, the second half of chapter 4. If you're at home, take a moment and go get your Bible if you don't have it in front of you. And this is also a good time for you to get your message notes. If you're here uh, on site, those notes were on your seat attached to your worship folder. And I encourage you to get a pencil or pen so you can take some notes in today's message. Well, let's start with the first verse in today's passage verse 12, and look at what verse 12 says. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. I want you to circle in your Bible that word painful. Actually, in the original Greek, that word that appears is the word for fiery, for Tabasco sauce. This is why the New Living Translation translates verse 12 this way. You see it on your message notes. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Now, you may recall that in our recent message series on making the most out of the toughest of times, we learned that there are three kinds of suffering. The first kind of suffering is common suffering. This is suffering that comes because you are a human being. We live in a fallen world where our bodies wear out, where things go wrong, and that produces 
common suffering. Then there is carnal suffering. This is suffering because we sin. It's suffering that we can cause ourselves by the bad decisions we make, the dumb choices we sometimes choose. Those things can bring pain into our life because the scripture teaches that a man reaps what he sows, and that's carnal suffering. Then there is something that I want to call Christian suffering. This is suffering for doing good, for shining the light of Christ into a dark world. Think about Jesus for a moment. Did Jesus suffer because he did wrong or because he did right? He suffered because he did right. And in turn, he went through fiery trials. So today we're going to look at this topic, live life God's way by facing trials for Jesus Christ, knowing what to do when you suffer for being a Christian. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want to tell you that you need this message today because God speaks a word of promise to you in Philippians 1, verse 29. Look at it on your notes. Here's what God says. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. And that is why God gives us in this next section of 1 Peter five things to do when you suffer for being a Christian. And these are not optional things. These are five things you need to do when you suffer for being a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's the first thing you need to do. Write it on, the, on your notes, please. When you suffer for being a Christian, realize that suffering is bound to happen. Realize that suffering is bound to happen. Look again at verse 12 in your Bible and underline in your Bible those words, don't be surprised. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as though something strange were happening to you. It took me a while to learn this truth in the Christian life. In my early days of following Jesus, I thought that in reality, the good times, the times when I wasn't going through any suffering or pain, the free and easy times, those were the normal times. And then when suffering or difficulty or pain came into my life, that was abnormal. And I couldn't wait to get back to the normal. Just think about what we've been saying as we've been going through the COVID-19 crisis and all the pain and difficulty and suffering and inconvenience that it has caused us. What have you found yourself saying? I can't wait till I get back to normal. What you ought to be saying is, I can't wait till I get back to abnormal. Because in reality, normal is suffering, pain, 
difficulty in this fallen and broken world in which we live. And hey, after COVID-19 passes away, do you think that's going to be your last suffering, this side of heaven? Don't bank on it. Don't get caught off guard. Be prepared. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are going to go through suffering. You're going to take some hits. You're going to take some hits from a sinful world, from sinful people, and from the author of sin, Satan himself. Jesus said this in John 15, verse 20. Look at the Message Bible paraphrase on your notes. When this happens, remember this. Servants don't get better treatment than their masters. If they beat on me, they will certainly beat on you. Remember, you're in a spiritual battle. A soldier living in a war zone is not surprised when they start taking enemy fire. If you want to live life God's way, remember, realize that suffering is bound to happen. And then here's the second thing you need to do when you suffer for being a Christian. As you realize that suffering is bound to happen, rejoice when it does happen. Rejoice when it does happen. Look at the next two verses in 1 Peter 4 in your Bible, verses 13 and 14. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Would you circle in your Bible in verse 13 that word rejoice? You see, when Christian suffering comes your way, God says, don't complain celebrate. Don't have a pity party. Have a praise party. Now, if that sounds to you like masochism, if that sounds to you like a martyr complex, it's not because the key word in this passage is the word rejoice. There is a difference, a big difference between enjoying and rejoicing. Enjoyment means, enjoyment is drawing happiness from the circumstance or situation you're in. Rejoicing is having a God-given, Holy Spirit-inspired faith and positive attitude in the middle of the circumstances you find yourself in. Jesus is not asking you to enjoy suffering. He is calling you to rejoice in suffering. And rejoicing is a choice. It's always a choice to rejoice. So right here in 1 Peter chapter 4, God gives us two reasons to rejoice when you're suffering on behalf of Christ. Write these down. Number one, you can rejoice because God will draw you closer to him through suffering. God will draw you closer to him through suffering. I want you to look at verse 13 again. 
but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. That word participate in the original Greek is the word koinonia. It means fellowship. That word says to us that suffering brings us into deeper fellowship with Jesus. When you go through suffering, you grow to be more dependent upon Him, closer to Him. You become more identified with Him who suffered for you. C.S. Lewis wrote something very interesting. I want to read it to you. He described his spiritual journey this way. Let me read it to you. I am progressing along the path of life in my ordinary, contentedly fallen and godless condition, absorbed in merry meeting with my friends for the morrow, or a bit of work that tickles my vanity today, a holiday or a new book, when suddenly a stab of abdominal pain that threatens a serious disease or a headline in a newspaper that threatens us all with destructions sends this whole pack of cards tumbling down. At first, I am overwhelmed, and my little happinesses look like broken toys. Then, slowly and reluctantly, bit by bit, I try to bring myself into the frame of mind that I should be in at all times. I remind myself that all these toys were never intended to possess my heart. That my true good is in another world and my only real treasure is Christ. And perhaps by God's grace, I succeed and for a day or two become a creature consciously dependent on God, drawing its strength from the right sources. But the moment the threat is withdrawn, my whole nature leaps back to the toys. You can relate, can't you? And God will use suffering to draw us closer to Him, to make us more dependent upon Him, more identified with Christ, in closer fellowship with Him. That's the first reason to rejoice amid the fiery trials of life, because God will draw you closer to Him through suffering. And here's reason number two. God will bring blessing to you through suffering. God will bring blessing to you through suffering. Verse 14 says, look at that verse. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Either in time or eternity, God will bring good from the trials that his children go through. He will. Because in the midst of that suffering, in the midst of you going through difficulty for the cause of Christ, that verse says, did you hear it? That the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And in turn, that spirit will bring and work blessings and benefits 
from suffering. Such blessings and benefits as this. God will work through suffering to refine you. God will work through suffering to strengthen you. God will work through suffering to equip you. God will work through suffering to deepen your faith. God will work through suffering to enlarge your heart. And I wish that I could say the free and easy times will bring these blessings and benefits, but they don't. The moment the threat is withdrawn, our heart wants to leap back to the toys. But God will use suffering to help us be drawn closer to Him and to be blessed by Him. So remember, it's a choice to rejoice. Do you need to make that choice today? And here's the third thing you need to do when you suffer for being a Christian. As you realize that suffering is bound to happen, and as you rejoice when it does happen, then refuse to be intimidated. That's right. Refuse to be intimidated. Verses 15 and 16 in your Bible say this. Look at the next verses. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear the name. Underline in your Bible those words in verse 16, but praise God that you bear the name. You know, in verse 16, the name or the word Christian appears. You might be surprised to know that this name, this word Christian, appears only three times in the entire Bible. And this is one of those times right here. Now, when the Bible was written, Christian was not a popular name. To call someone a Christian was like a slur. It was like hurling a racial or ethnic slur at somebody else. But here the Holy Spirit is saying, proudly bear that name of Christ. Proudly bear that name of Christian. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be intimidated. Don't be ashamed by taking a stand for Christ. Men, when you are at work, and the people around you start bragging about their extramarital affairs, and you have stayed faithful to your wife out of love for Christ and love for your wife, don't hide that fact. Don't stay silent. Take a stand for Christ. And proudly, in Jesus' name, joyfully giving glory to God, Communicate that you've answered God's call to stay faithful to Christ and faithful to your wife. Refuse to be intimidated. Young person who hears this message today, if you've endeavored to stay sexually pure, you do not need to be embarrassed to admit to your friends that you are a virgin. Refuse to be intimidated. Proudly bear the name 
of Jesus Christ. And if you're ridiculed, if you're rejected, if you're laughed out, bear that name. Because if you suffer for being a Christian, you don't have to be ashamed. You can proudly bear that name of Jesus Christ. And here's the fourth thing you need to do when you suffer for being a Christian. As you realize that suffering is bound to happen, and you rejoice when it does happen, and you refuse to be intimidated, you also need to remember the reward that you will receive. Remember the reward that you will receive. Go on to the next two verses in 1 Peter 4, verses 17 and 18. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And then, quoting Proverbs 11, verse 31, if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Peter is saying here, graduation day is coming. That day when God's going to hand out the diplomas, the awards, the scholarships, the honors, that day is coming. And guess what? You're going to get yours. And by that, I do not mean God's condemnation and judgment. You are not going to get what you deserve. I'm not going to get what I deserve, which is lostness and eternal separation from God. Instead, as someone who has trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to get what Jesus paid for on the cross when God made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him you might become the righteousness of God. And in turn, heavenly rewards and awards await you as you suffer for being a Christian. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 on your notes. These troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessings upon us forever and ever. And then Romans 8, verse 17. Since we are his children, if we share in Christ's suffering, we will also share in his glory. Jesus summed it up so well when he said this in Matthew 5, 11 to 12. When you are reviled and persecuted, persecuted and lied about because you are my followers, wonderful, be happy about it. Be very glad for a tremendous reward awaits you in heaven. You know, I remember our daughter's high school graduation. It was held in, in a gym at Desert Christian Academy, a Christian school in uh, uh, Bermuda Dunes, California, which is kind of in the Palm Springs area. And Kristen went to that school for many years, and it was her graduation moment. I sat down in that gym, and when the time came for Kristen to receive her diploma, I just started crying. I was just so proud of her. Her joy was my joy. And then, you know, they started handing out, and, and, and that would have been enough. I mean, that would have been enough. 
But then they started handing out the awards. Then they started handing out the scholarships. Then they started handing out the recognition of things that had been done for the cause of Christ in these young people's lives. And Kristen kept getting called up front, and I just kept crying. I was filled. And it wasn't sorrow. It was joy, just joy at seeing her being blessed in that way. And I want to tell you that your day's coming. Your graduation day is coming. And if you think it's just kind of knocking on heaven's door and God says, sure, come on in and have a seat at the banquet table, uh, you, you're you're missing out on what's awaiting you. It's going to be one big graduation ceremony. And God's going to hand out the rewards. He's going to come and say to you, do you remember when? Here's the blessing for that. Do you remember when? Here's the blessing for that. Do you remember when you had a choice and you chose that? Here's the blessing for that. And many of those things you won't even recall right now, God will be reminding you in heaven, if you'll just live for Jesus and walk in His way, even when the times aren't easy. And that brings us to the fifth and final thing Peter says you need to do when you suffer for being a Christian. As you realize that suffering is bound to happen, and you rejoice when it does happen, and you refuse to be intimidated, and you remember the reward that you will receive. Finally, remain faithful to God. That's right, remain faithful to God. Look at verse 19, the last verse that closes out chapter 4. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful Creator and continue to do good. Circle that word commit. What a wonderful word it is. In the original Greek, that word for commit is actually a banking term. It means to put something on deposit. It has the idea of depositing a treasure into safe and trustworthy hands. And when it comes to our fiery trials, that's what we need to do. We need to deposit ourselves into the trustworthy hands of God himself. And guess what? That deposit, unlike deposits in banks today, will end up yielding amazing, amazing dividends for you into eternity. Interestingly enough, that word commit that we see here in 1 Peter 4, verse 19, is the exact same word that Jesus Christ spoke on the cross when in Luke 23, verse 46, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When in the middle of trials, we entrust ourselves to God, we Follow the example of Jesus upon the cross. And let me assure you that no matter how hot and how fiery the trial may become for you, God can be counted on to take care of you. So back to this bottle of McKillany's Tabasco sauce. 
because you ought to know the story behind this bottle. In the days before the Civil War, Edmund McKillany owned a, a salt works and a sugar farm on Avery Island in Louisiana. In 1863, Union troops invaded the area and McKillany had to flee. When he came back in 1865, he found that his sugar farm and his salt works had been completely destroyed. Pretty much the only thing that was left were some hot Mexican peppers that had reseeded themselves in what was his old kitchen garden. And because he was living hand to mouth, Edmund McKillany started experimenting with those hot peppers to create a sauce that would liven up his doll diet. That sauce eventually became known as Tabasco sauce. And over 150 years later, Edmund McKillany's family is still being blessed by the fiery trial that he went through. And I want to say to you that Jesus Christ wants to bless you. He really wants to bless you when you suffer for him. And he will, if by his grace and by the spirit of glory and of God who rests upon you, you will realize that suffering is bound to happen. If you will rejoice when it does happen, refuse to be intimidated. Remember the reward that you will receive and remain faithful to God. This is what it means to live life the Jesus way. This is what it means to live life God's way.